everyone and welcome to this episode of Tea with Gen Z, the podcast where we discuss the latest topics by you and for you. I'm your host Joshua and today we'll be discussing stand culture and its impact on each of our lives. So get ready to hear some awesome stuff. With me today, we have our co-hosts James, Pooja and Dadal. Say hi guys. Hey guys, what's up? Hello, it's great to be back. Hi. I'm so excited. I'm actually really excited. Today's episode is going to be great. I know. I'm finally going to talk about the things I love without being touched. I hope. <laughs> and we also have a very special guest today, the brains behind this podcast, Vinny. Welcome, Woo! Vinny. Hi, guys. Hi. Thank you for having me in this episode. We're so excited, actually. I'm excited, too. How does it feel? Well, it feels great. Because I love to hear you all, you know, talk about everything, talk about the different ideas on the podcast. And I always think about what it would be like to actually be a part of it as a host. And now I get to do that as a guest. So, and it's on stand culture, like one of the best topics ever. I couldn't be more excited. This brings us to our topic for today. What is stand culture, guys, in your own words? Okay, so for me, I think stand culture is like very different from just casual casual fans. It's not like you listen to two songs and, you know, uh, you're into the group or the show. But it's more like where you're invested into the person and you're like keeping update with their lives and, you know, watching every video, theorizing it, criticizing it, dissecting like every moment. So I think it's different from casual fans and that's what makes stand culture uh, so, so much of a big thing, you know. Yeah, adding on to Pooja, I think stand culture is an extension of a franchise or a group. Uh, it's kind of what happens behind the scenes too. So fans talking to each other, discussions, forums, debates, uh, just kind of mini obsessions. I feel like it encompasses a lot of things. Does anybody know where it kind of originates it from, though? Um, stand culture actually originate. People say that it originated from Eminem. Um, he has like this release where he tells a story about a fan called Stan, a stalker towards like a specific rapper. But fun fact, people say that the word Stan comes from like a hybrid between stalker and fan. So it's like Stan, you know? But obviously that's not like the definition now, like Stans aren't all stalkers. I mean, no, but there is definitely some extreme stands out there and i can yep. say that there are some scary people <laughs> and a lot of people a lot of people do associate stand culture with like immense toxicity as well so but the thing that people don't realize about stand culture is that it can be an outlook and it can create like a sense of a family so for me i'm a one direction fan i've been a fan since they were on the x factor uh which is crazy because that was 11 years ago yeah that was way back I know, I know. It's crazy to think. They were so young then. They were all like 16, um, 17, and now they're almost about to be in their 30s, which is crazy. The band actually split up about six years ago. And whenever I mention that I'm a One Direction fan now, everyone automatically like assumes that it's weird because the band doesn't exist anymore. But if you think about it, like there's still Backstreet Boy fans. There's still NSYNC fans. Like boy bands live on in a way. But there, there have been many things where the fandom is very much still alive. So we had 
last year in 2020 was their 10 year anniversary as a tribute to the boys a lot of their fans had like some hashtags trending on twitter and we had some songs that were released in like 2015 trending in the top charts which is crazy to think of because if you think about it like a song that was released five to six years ago trending on the charts in 2020 like it's amazing to see the power of the fans and what they have to do and the influence they have. So yeah, 10 years of One Direction was trending on Twitter. There have been so many hashtags about it and I can vouch that the fandom is very much still alive. Uh, Bilal, it looks like the reason why you're still a fan in large part is thanks to the uh, fandom still kind of like pushing things and like just creating discussions on this. Do you think that a reunion could happen for One Direction? Now, all right, do I want a reunion or do I think there will be a reunion is the question. So personally, I don't believe that there will be a reunion anytime soon. I just think that the boys are all doing separate things in their lives and they're doing so well in their solo careers. We have three of them who are dads. Like they're just, they've moved on. And if you if you were like a One Direction fan or like a stan, you would know that the the management treated them very badly when they were a part of the band. So like, I don't think that a reunion would be possible at the moment, but one can only hope. And one overanalyzes any Instagram picture, any comment, any like, like, I know people who check their, the followings of the boys to check if they're following each other, like every day and check if they like their pictures, if they're tweeted about them and stuff like that. So a reunion could be possible, but unfortunately, I don't think that it's going to happen. I think touching on what the said, uh, being part of a stand doesn't make you feel like you're part of a family. You're part of a bigger community. And uh, one of the big things for me when I felt that was uh, the time that the 25th anniversary of Friends came up. So in UAE, they re-released a couple of the episodes in the cinemas. And I was there every day waiting in line with other Friends fans just to watch those three or four episodes. And it was such a nice community experience just to go and to clap along to the intro song and for everyone belting out the lyrics and everyone mouthing all the dialogues together. Such a nice community experience. And I'm like the biggest Friends fan. I watched it 11 times right now. I'm on my 12th rerun. And I just, I'll continue to watch it until God knows how long. But like Joshua, your 11, 12 reruns is massive because I'm a fan as well. And I've watched them six to seven times, but I'm not, I don't think I can top you. But yeah, I watched the um, the recent reunion, and guess who featured in the reunion? BTS. Yes. For me, like BTS is like totally my safe space, and it's so weird because people go like, you know, the seven guys from Korea who are literally miles away from you. You've never met them; they don't know you exist. How can they be your safe space? Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you, Pooja. Like, what about them got you kind of interested? So basically, you know what? Uh, BTS was like the first band, or like show or you know in any genre they were the first people I actually stand and it was such a new feeling to me I've never fangirled over anyone before like I would listen to like songs and stuff but this was like oh my god and for me it takes a long time so I think what struck me about them was like I love their music love their dance everything but their personality like the brotherhood they have the bond is so iconic and when they're like laughing and talking with each other you feel like you're there with them and it's, it's just like a whole, like, if I'm angry or like sad, then it calms me down. And if I'm happy, it like doubles my happiness. So it's like the perfect space to be in, you know? And um, like, I've done things 
that I wouldn't normally do. Like for, uh, there was a BTS concert streaming in one of the theaters and I so totally went out of my comfort zone. I was jumping and screaming up and down with all the other fans. That's something I would never do with strangers normally. So yeah, like I think they just, they just give me like a reason to like just be happy. They're, they're like the source of my happiness. You mentioned that like you went out of your comfort zone to jump up and down and you didn't care. That's something I want to do, but I haven't had my opportunity to like fully showcase it because I haven't met a lot of people who are like One Direction fans. I also actually agree with Dalal. I want to know what that experience of completely letting go is like because I've experienced all my fandoms in the isolation of my house uh, or inside my books that I read. So I don't really have that experience of being in a real real life community virtual community maybe but not real life where you completely let loose and party or you know clap all of you together jump together but it sounds fun i want to experience that in my life what is the thing that you stand mini right so this brings me to my stan which is uh taylor swift i love her i'm a hardcore swifty i mean Vinny, i i think i think i can like make an exception and continue our friendship for this but Harry would not be proud of me if I said that I was friends with a Swifty. Uh, I don't know if Harry would mind uh, or you mind. Nah, you know, I mean, I'm... like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... I don't know. Wait, wait. Let me just think about... Who was the one who wrote a song about the other? Hmm. Oh, uh, I think fine. both of them... I think it was called Style. I think it was called Style. Not sure. Hmm. Well, why do why do we have to just um, you know hate Taylor Swift so much for writing? No, no, about I don't her. hate her. I'm just pulling your leg, <laughs> uh, Vinny. I'm ashamed to say it, but I also used to like Taylor Swift a lot. Like back when I was like 14. I actually started ri- liking her recently. I used to like One Direction for a long time. I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore stan. Name every single song. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I see. I can't do that. I'm not a hardcore stan. But the thing is, Taylor Swift, she recently released her re-recordings after, you know, everything that Scooter did with her. And it's just, I feel like that's such a powerful move. I feel like she just has so much girl power. She's so inspiring. And I actually became a proper stan only after that. Um, So that that's the thing that inspires me about the most. And then not to mention the fact that the albums that she's released, the songs that she's written, they have so much variety. Her music has so much variety. They're like different genres all put together. Each era is distinct from the other. She's the same person who wrote Look What You Made Me Do and Love Story. And then she wrote Folklore, the album. So, I mean, I can't not admire her and if you guys listen to one song from every album of her i think you guys are also going to become proper stands because she's just amazing i mean that's right Vinny. i've heard a couple of her songs and they actually are pretty good uh, but i've also heard swifties kind of comb through lyrics and try to make analysis and all of that about what she could be implying i'm wondering if you've ever gone down that rabbit hole of just you know analyzing and like cross-referencing all of her lyrics and words and all of that stuff. Yeah, I think that's the best part about the fandom for me. As someone who loves words, it's not just her music that we analyze, but also her posts and her descriptions. 
and even her pictures she leaves easter eggs in so many pictures and like a minute after she has posted on instagram you can see the entire community tagging her in pictures and releasing stories about what her next album might be so i think that sense of togetherness that's there on the online in the online community on twitter and on instagram that's the part that i love the most um it's just it's like you're all working together to decode this one person and you know just waiting together for the next um song and the next album and it's a great feeling you know just hearing you guys talk about going through theories or kind of conspiracies uh in air quotes it reminds me like how i geek out over marvel content like literally the thing is there is a huge cinematic universe stretching from dozens of movies to like tv shows now as well and i literally remember having just one division or loki watch parties and like i would be talking with friends or also fans and we'd be piecing things together like a puzzle you know go over clues easter eggs freeze frames and just like oh did you see that part did you see that or like i think this is going to happen next and honestly i really think that adds to the whole experience of things over analyzing everything uh, yeah i mean it it makes it fun as well you know you know but one thing with marvel movies is the stanley cameos i think that that was yeah. one of the be- oh yeah. wait no pun intended stan culture yes <laughs> Uh, yeah, but no, one of the the coolest things about watching them is like just watching every single second and every single frame, like afraid to blink in case you miss it. I think that that's one of the coolest part about Marvel movies. Yeah, that's the thing. But the other part of that as well is just the community. I know everybody's been mentioning this, but the Marvel community, I think that's like another tier as well. Like I remember this crazy story that happened like in the Fox Cinema here in the UAE. And I'm not sure if you guys have heard about this, but yeah, it was literally premiere night, premiere showing of one of the Marvel movies. I think it was Avengers Endgame or Infinity War or something like that. And the moment Spider-Man showed up on screen, one of the audience members literally runs up, like dressed in full Spider-Man costume and does like a backflip. And like the crowd went crazy. Like everyone was cheering. And like, I just don't understand where you can have an experience like that where strangers become instantly connected in one moment that was so awesome. I mean um wait I was actually there oh, I was there as well I was actually I was there. there no I was there with me no wait you guys oh, were there wow. wait I was still in high school same here but I remember the crowd went crazy I was screaming I was going like hell yeah like screaming it was so exciting it was so so exciting the, the rush of adrenaline that you get in that second is insane yeah and marvel movies just help you to like connect with any random stranger sitting next to you like you can just spin off conspiracy theories and the guy sitting next to you be like yeah yeah no it could be this it could be that and then you just you just make friends or you like make acquaintances instantly and that's like a big part you see a lot of people coming up in marvel merch to movies and marvel t-shirts and stuff like i have a rule where i have to wear a marvel t-shirt to every marvel movie same yeah. i mean a lot of it is well like you see young kids who make their own costume like designs you know like they kind of print stuff on and like that's a whole another level of investment like i think that's really cute cute and dedicated wow 
uh, at one at one point, One Direction released like these makeup sets, and I'm pretty sure there's like mold in mine. I've never used them on my face, and I never will because I think my face will fall off and burn if I use them. But they're just chilling there in my room. I have all five of them, and they smell so bad. But I refuse to throw them away because it's like a trinket. Yeah, it's like memories, especially for you since it's been like so long. I mean, it's all right to have merch and I mean, collect things, have your own collection of your fandom. I think that's normal. But then there's also a point where it does get toxic if it starts harming you or someone else. Like we mentioned, stalkerish. Like, I don't know if you've heard stories, but... um, you know, there are these crazy stories that come out every now and then where people collect things off the actual stars, like things that they've lost or if they go to some place um, and then they meet the fans and like, you know, they get to shake hands or something. They won't wash their hands for a whole week or something like that's a little extreme, I guess. I feel like another dangerous part about toxic stand culture it's weaponizing fandoms to go after other people. You know, I feel like there's a lot of different fandom wars between two different uh, groups of people who like two different artists. And I feel like that's where it gets a bit dangerous where, uh, you know, you're kind of deviating from all the good that fan culture brings out into something a bit more hateful and spiteful. Uh, Have you guys kind of like seen those in action maybe on Twitter or somewhere? Yeah, for... We, it's sad sometimes because we mentioned that like between fandoms, but as a One Direction fan, I think that there's a lot of hate that was brought towards Zayn when he left the band um, halfway through their career. And it's it was really toxic. He got death threats and people were so angry at him. But little did they know that there was like a valid reason for him leaving the, the band. As I mentioned earlier, they were mistreated very badly from their management. And it, it was abusive at a point, you know, uh, if you watch the One Direction movie, I remember when I watched it, like I thought it was normal, but then I rewatched it recently and I was just like, what? In one of the episode, in one of the scenes, sorry, Zayn mentions that he hasn't slept for like three days and he hasn't eaten or anything like that. And it was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. He's on tour. Like you don't sleep when you're on tour. But now that I think about it, that's insane. Like the amount of toxicity that he suffered through. And then to think that people have the audacity to send him hate for doing something that benefited his own well-being is just really sad. I completely agree. But people involve themselves so much with these people and they think that they're a part of their lives or that they know them personally and they think that they can justify their actions. But they don't, you don't know Zayn Malik. You don't know Harry Styles. You don't know Taylor Swift. Like I personally don't know these people and you don't have any idea of what they're struggling with or what their intentions might be. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't realize or are unable to understand when it comes to celebrity culture, especially celebrities who are very active on social media and like, um, who are very active on social media and interact a lot with the fans one-to-one. They give a sense of like connection or like one-to-one interaction, but it's all a facade. (laughs) Drop the mic. Yeah. Dalal, you couldn't have put it, I couldn't have put it better. It's like, I I think that's something uh, we all have to realize consciously that we don't really know a celebrity like everything's on social media so you can't pretend like you know why they wrote a song or you know why they quit a band um 
and then hating on them for decisions they make to protect themselves that's when it gets toxic and i feel like every fandom has done that at some point yeah and at the end of the day i feel like but we also need to stop uh doing that we need to stop generalizing a fandom like there are some toxic fans in every fandom and um you know like in in the k-pop fandom in general there's a lot of people who hate on k-pop idols for dating like sis that's their private lives did do you really think he was going to date you or she was going to date you like that's not happening low key though <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and also so and it's sad that you know because of these few toxic fans the entire fandom can also get generalized Like that happened a lot in my case. So when I go like I'm a BTS fan, they're like, "Oh my god, am I seriously?" But I mean, I think at the end of the day, like you should just do what you do and don't be toxic about it. Don't act like you own the celebrity. And there are a lot of cases when the celebrity does something and you keep covering up for them. You you're not them. Only they know what they're doing and you know why they did it. So you can enjoy whatever you want to enjoy as long as you're not hurting someone or not being overly possessive about the you know the stuff that you're into. Pooja, you know, you mentioned like the, the dating thing and I'm not saying I have a chance, but Liam Payne <laughs> dated someone who was born in 2001. And what year am I born in? Mm. 2001. So I'm not saying I have a chance, but <laughs> there is a possibility out there and I'm going to just hold on to that one bit of hope that i have it's what's keeping me alive yeah i remember when uh, the reunion of friends came out and uh, david schwimmer and jerry paston confessed that they had like crushes on each other i i died at home i was like the backlash yes exactly like for what that was 20 years ago yeah it was oh their life God. it's their decision and then for like a few toxic fans the whole friends community gets trashed i was so sad at that point but their justification for not dating or like not acting on their actions made sense like exactly. imagine if they did date and then you know they split up and hated each other everything is their private life we don't have to even speaking about the friends reunion even the backlash that um, Matthew Perry got for remaining silent or whatever they called it I don't, I don't even know like that doesn't make any sense you can't expect him to be as excited as he was 20 years ago he's grown up <laughs> you know i think that it's very important for people to realize that there is going to be toxic people no matter where you go and what you in- immerse yourself in At the end of the day, as long as you're not harming anyone, just do whatever you want, like whoever you want. If you want to like Harry Styles, great. If you want to like Taylor Swift, amazing. If you're a BTS fan, good for you. Just like whoever you want and don't let people make fun of you for your passions. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um it was great to have you all and it, I had a really nice discussion and we'll see you on the next episode of Tea with Gen Z. Bye guys. Bye guys. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye guys.